Good morning, everyone. I'm R. W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 12th of February, the 43rd day of 2024, with 322 days ahead of us on our way to 2025. This month of purification, as the ancient Romans called it, followed the month named after Janus, the god with two faces, looking forward and looking back, contemplating the year ahead while remembering the year just passed. Prior to these two new months, the ruling powers had not concerned themselves with anything in the calendar between the final harvests in November and December and preparations for the new plantings in March, as that time between titularly had been monthless. By then, having a year of only 304 days or 10 months began to become a problem concerning how to stay in sync with the seasons, which is why two months were added. That's the highly simplified version at any rate. One day on most of our calendars for many years now is St. Valentine's, arriving day after tomorrow, so pay attention. Sri Lankan Canadian poet Michael Ondaatje provides us a little something for this Wednesday, St. Valentine's Day, in his poem titled Definition. All afternoon I stroll the plotless 1,300 pages of a Sanskrit dictionary with its verbs for holy obsessions, the name for an alcove, of coin washers whose fingers glint all night with dark lead, grains of silver. Here root vowels take an accent at high altitudes, the way dictionaries speak over mountains. A single word to portray light from that distant village reflected in a cloud, or your lover's face lit by the moonlight on a stage. Heavenward this evening and tomorrow evening before midnight, our waxing crescent moon will keep company briefly with the circlet asterism in the constellation Pisces the Fish. The following two evenings, Wednesday Tuesday and Wednesday, our waxing crescent moon will glow near the star cluster Pleiades, also known as the Seven Sisters, or Subaru in Japanese, and near the planet Jupiter. Today in 1502, while Muslims in Granada, Spain, were being forced to convert to Catholicism, Vasco da Gama in neighboring Portugal set sail from Lisbon on his second voyage to India. Today in 1511, recorded in a Roll of Honor manuscript depicting the black trumpeter John Blank as the only identifiable black person in Tudor England at the time, King Henry VIII issued a challenge to begin a jousting tournament in Westminster to celebrate the birth of his son Henry, though the infant would die seven weeks later. Today in 1733, on the site of present-day Savannah, James Oglethorpe founded Georgia. Today in 1825, the Creek Indian Treaty was signed, whereby the tribal chiefs agreed to turn over all their land in Georgia to the government and migrate west by September the next year. Today in 1839, the Aroostook or Pork and Beans War began as a boundary dispute between Maine and New Brunswick. Today in 1840, the Housatonic Railroad opened, running from Bridgeport, Connecticut, north to the Massachusetts state line. Today in 1909, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or NAACP, formed due largely to the influence of nurse and social activist Lillian Wald and civil rights leader, journalist, and suffragist Ida B. Wells. 
Today in 1912, a few centuries after much of the world, China adopted the Gregorian calendar. Today in 1924, George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue premiered at New York City's Aeolian Hall. Today in 1932, Norwegian figure skater Sonja Henny was the second of her three consecutive gold Olympic medals at the Lake Placid Winter Games. Today in 1935, Robert Watson Watt and Arnold Wilkins first demonstrated radar, detecting aircraft at Daventry, England. Today in 1941, the first injection of penicillin into a patient was performed by British physician Charles Fletcher at Ratcliffe Infirmary in Oxford, England. Today in 1947, French fashion designer Christian Dior presented his first influential collection, The New Look. Today in 1948, First Lieutenant Nancy Leftenant became the first African American in the U.S. Army Nursing Corps. Today in 1809, near Lowland Creek, Kentucky, Thomas and Nancy Hanks Lincoln had a second child whom they named Abraham after his grandfather Abraham Lincoln, who had been an associate of Daniel Boone and had migrated in 1782 from Pennsylvania to settle in Kentucky, where he would eventually, while working his field with his 10-year-old son Thomas, be ambushed and killed by Indians who would grab Thomas, but Thomas's older brother Mordecai fired a shot that felled the Indian who was holding Holding Thomas. Soon, biographer Ed Morrow tells us, the fatherless boys grew up without direction and drifted apart, erstwhile they might have become prosperous landowners. Grandson Abraham's mother, Nancy Hanks, was born out of wedlock to Lucy Hanks, who in 1789 was charged with fornication, though avoided prosecution by marrying Henry Sparrow, whose parents adopted young Nancy to save her from a life similar to her mother's. Thomas Lincoln had married Nancy Hanks in 1806 and built a home in Elizabethtown, where he worked as a carpenter. After their first child, Sarah, was born, the family moved to a farm on Nolan Creek, young Abraham's birthplace. In 1818, when he was 12, a disease called milk sick killed his mother Nancy, and young Abraham helped his father build her coffin. Years later, he would remark, God bless my mother, all that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to her. With children to continue raising, Thomas Lincoln quickly found another wife, Sarah Bush Johnson, who proved a good mother to young Sarah and young Abraham. Their father, Thomas, was nearly illiterate, but Sarah Sr., who was fairly well-educated, encouraged the children to study, though their father thought it a waste of time. Nonetheless, Abraham, after a few months of schooling, taught himself enough to become a successful lawyer and then president of the United States. Much interest arose in Lincoln's upbringing when he became president, but most of the witnesses had by then died, though the nearest surviving relative was Abraham's cousin, Dennis Hanks, who was nine years senior to Lincoln, and he recalled how at age nine, when he had first picked up the infant Abraham, the baby screamed loudly, to which Dennis responded by handing the child back to Nancy and exclaiming, "'Aunt, take him. He'll never come to much.'" 
Today is also the birthday in 1567 of English poet Thomas Campion, in 1663 of American Puritan minister Cotton Mather, in 1775 of United States First Lady Louisa Adams, in 1809 of English naturalist Charles Darwin, in 1881 of Russian prima ballerina and choreographer Anna Pavlova, in 1893 of American World War II general Omar Bradley, in 1904 of American TV host Ted Mack, in 1915 of Canadian actor, star of Bonanza, Lorne Green. In 1919 of American actor, Forrest Tucker. In 1920 of American jazz and rock guitarist, Bill Pittman. And of American record producer, Bob Shad. In 1923 of Italian director, Franco Zeffirelli. In 1926 of American Major League Baseball catcher, Joe Garagiola. In 1934 of American basketball center and coach, Bill Russell. In 1936 of American American actor Joe Don Baker in 1937 of Olympian and the first high jumper to clear seven feet American Charles Dumas in 1945 of Swedish actress Maude Adams in 1952 of American rock singer and keyboardist Michael McDonald and in 1956 of American comedian Arsenio Hall. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the eighth week of winter and to the seventh week of 2024.